Congratulations, you did it. You are on your way to starting therapy. Now that can feel a little bit scary when you're first starting out, especially if you haven't had a good therapy experience in the past, or maybe you're feeling a little embarrassed about having to return to therapy, or you might be somebody who has never gone to therapy before and you only know what they show on TV and movies. I will tell you it is quite different than what they show in those movies and television shows. The misrepresentation of what therapy is like, especially for teenagers, is why I created this channel. My name is Mallory Grimsey. Welcome back. If you're new here, I am an actual mental health therapist. I specialize in working with teens, so I help teens start and complete therapy every day. It's one of my favorite things. So let's jump into what you can actually expect from starting therapy. So before you even book that first session, especially if you're a teenager, you need to have a conversation with your parents about the fact that you want to start therapy. If you're not sure how to start that conversation, I have several videos on the topics that you can check out, but some basic things that you want to think about is what is it that you are hoping to get from therapy and what have you already tried? You also want to be really clear with your parents about how whatever it is that you're hoping will be different is negatively impacting you now. So how is your sleep, your appetite, your school grades, your relationships? These are all some really good areas to hone in and check in and they're pretty visible to other people too. So it may help your parents understand a little bit more about why you would be wanting the help of a mental health therapist for whatever concern you're struggling with. It'll also help make sure that they link you up with a therapist who actually specializes in the area that you're hoping to get help with. So therapy is that one size fits all, which is where that first appointment comes in. So already at that very first appointment, we call that a client assessment. And that is where the therapist is getting to know you, your feedback, your experience, and your hopes and desires for what you are hoping to get out of therapy. They are not only assessing what your symptoms are, how severe the problem is. They're also trying to assess if they're a good fit for your needs. Oh, and I should mention um, before I even get into the treatment plan, sorry, getting ahead of myself. So at that very first appointment, your uh, therapist is going to ask you a ton of personal questions. You have the right to decline to answer anything that you are not comfortable answering. They may stay curious and ask a little bit more about that. I would, you know, be wary about being too guarded in that first appointment because that therapist isn't going to get a good assessment of your needs. But ultimately, it's your life, your therapy. Uh, you get what you put in. You know, it's really up to you about how much you want to disclose in that very first therapy appointment. So we'll ask you things about like your family, your school or job if you have one. We'll ask about your relationships with friends, romantic, your interests. We'll ask about what you do for fun. We'll also ask some safety questions like have you ever thought about dying? Have you, what have you done when you've considered these thoughts? Have you ever hurt yourself or anyone else? We'll also assess for any risk of neglect or abuse. It should be noted that many therapists are ethically and legally obligated to report any suspicions or evidence of abuse and neglect to the appropriate people. Now, when you are in that underage category, sometimes, not always, it might mean cluing in your parents or your legal guardian. Now, that varies situation to situation and case by case and also state by state. So if you're not sure, you can look up the laws in your area. I'm not an expertise in all law. <laughs> I'm a mental health 
therapist. So please don't ask me about your particular state. Um, I, I just don't know. I do know for Connecticut and New York because that's where I am licensed to practice. Check with your location. This is also your first opportunity to interview the therapist directly and see if they're a good fit for you. Just because somebody might have the right skill set or expertise, if you guys are not vibing or there's just not that mutual respect or trust that you desire, one, it might be a good thing to stay curious and hang in there for a few sessions. You know it's not a good fit. There's no need to force it. Uh, I will tell you there are lots of therapy opportunities out there. I am not the only therapist in town, thank goodness, because there's only so many hours in the day. And if you've ever tried to schedule anything, you know um, it could be a little bit like scheduling Tetris. <laughs> it's a little bit like dating. Just because you're on a first date with somebody doesn't automatically mean that you must now spend your entire life and marry them. That would be a little weird, unless you're doing like married at first sight or matchmaking uh, sort of the situation. And that's a totally different thing. You're going in there with that expectation. But when it comes to linking up with a therapist, we are not expecting you to need therapy forever or to be what we call lifers. We really want you to get better and have an opportunity to move on from therapy. Not only does that help you feel good, it helps us feel good too, which is where the treatment plan comes in. So after you've had that first appointment, then you're gonna develop your treatment plan with that therapist. So this is what actually guides your therapy and treatment. It lets us know, are we on track? Has life happened and there's a new curveball that we need to consider? Um, is this working? Is it not? Are you getting better? Are things getting worse? And what might be contributing to that? It's really meant to be used as a guide or a tool to check in that you are on the same page as your therapist. And if you're under 18, are your parents on the same page too? Especially if they're going to be bringing you to your therapy appointments and paying for your therapy, they're going to want to know that they're getting a good return on their investment. So the treatment plan is a really great way to show and have that conversation. We also know that having goals actually specified and written down where we can reference back later has been proven over and over again to be helpful in achieving those goals or maintaining progress on those goals, which is another reason why we have that treatment plan to help guide our therapy progress. Now, just because something is on the treatment plan or not on the treatment plan does not mean that you can or cannot discuss it in therapy. We totally understand and get it. We know that life happens unless you are in an actual therapy model study where you have to be really strict with the protocol. Many of us are flexible when it comes to life happening. We're not gonna say if you come in and say, for example, you got a bad grade on a test and it's really upsetting you, but we had on the treatment plan that we were going to, I don't know, talk about your um, relationship with your mother. Um, very few therapists are going to go, oh, you know, that really sucks about your test, but we got to talk about mom. Unless you are somebody who comes in every week with what we call a crisis of the week. Sometimes that's a signal that there's just a lot of chaos happening um, around you and the circumstances and we might need to kind of pivot and figure out how can we clear out and manage some of that so we can get to some of that deeper level stuff that's going to have the bigger impact. It might also be a signal that maybe coming in with a different crisis or chaos is actually keeping you from avoiding the real reason that you're coming in for help with therapy. So that might be a little bit 
different. And of course, the treatment plan is also an opportunity for you to check in and assess, is my therapist giving me what I need? It's really important to communicate with your therapist. We are not mind readers. We definitely are experts in human behavior and thinking and emotional problems and solutions for those. In fact, therapy is one of those weird places where you can actually talk to your therapist about how hard it is to talk to your therapist about certain topics. I know it's totally weird. It's a little meta. It's actually really cool though. <laughs> and we want to know. We want these discussions. If you are having problems with that, definitely make sure that you hit that subscribe button because next week's video is going to be how to have that conversation with your therapist when therapy isn't helping. Uh, I know, hot topic. Definitely hit that subscribe button. So I happen to be a mental health therapist that specializes in working with teenagers and young adults. So I know how important it is to have parental involvement for the optimal outcome. And that's because when you are a teenager, you're still learning and growing and your home environment is definitely impacted by your family and vice versa. So it's really important to have them involved or at least um, on the same page about what's going on in your life in a useful and helpful, healthy way. Way. And that's where having parents involved in your therapy can be really useful. Now, I am not a family therapist. Very rarely will actually have parents come in for a therapy session. I think it gets a little bit messy, especially because the therapy style that I do is with the teenager. I very much have the mindset that if I can teach the teenager how to have these conversations with their parents and loved ones, then that'll have a nice little trickle effect rather than using me as a communicator or interpreter. Um, that gets awful because heaven forbid I miscommunicate or misinterpret something. It's not really helping the teenager communicate or the parent communicate with their teenager. So a few ways that I like to include parents in the therapy process is by periodically, usually on a quarterly basis, sending them a request for their observations at home about any progress or struggles that they're seeing with their teenager. Not only does this help facilitate the conversation around checking in and increasing mindfulness and awareness, uh, it also goes back to that treatment plan that we talked about and see, okay, is this working? Is this not working? Why or why not? What could we be doing differently? And maybe it's time to complete and move on from therapy, which is also a really cool discussion to have. I also happen to offer phone call sessions for 15-minute spot checks or questions if parents need to get in contact with me outside of that therapy appointment. Now, it is so important that you know how to communicate with your parents and your therapist about a variety of difficult topics that usually lead to talking to a therapist. If you're struggling with knowing how to talk to your parents about the things that come up in therapy, I have some great videos that you can check out right over here. I hope that you enjoyed this video and thanks for watching.